the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the property pod south africa's top property industry podcast we are talking retail property again on the podcast with the shopping center trading densities rebounding strongly last year. In addition, major mall owners like Liberty Two Degrees and Growth Point over the last week or so either reported or highlighted a noteworthy turnaround in regional and super-regional shopping center performance-wise. Joining me on the podcast today is Belinda Kler, MD of Research House Kler International, which produces the Clare Shopping Centre Index. The index is derived from the Clare Report, which tracks the performance of malls covering more than 4 million square metres of retail space in over 100 centres across South Africa and Namibia. It covers both the listed and unlisted property funds. Welcome to the Property Pod, Belinda. Thank you, Suren, and it's always a pleasure to engage with you and MoneyWeb. Thank you for the invitation. The latest Clare Shopping Centre Index is out. It's included in the Clare Report. Seems there are several positives for the retail property in South Africa if you look at that report. Obviously, you produced it, but the report says that trading density, performance and growth at South Africa's malls in 2022 was the highest in four years. We've heard of revenge travel post-COVID, but is this a case of revenge shopping? What's behind the turnaround? (laughs) Yes, Serene, indeed. The retail heartbeat looks strong, and the sector certainly saw a very impressive 2022 year. If we look to the results from our dominant all-centers index, we see that this closed off at a trading density level of just over 39,000 rands per square meter, with growth of 11.5%. So this means that our consolidated shopping center index actually beat annual CPI by 4.6%. So as you can tell, this is an encouraging set of results, given that we are certainly not living through easy times. And you mentioned revenge travel and revenge shopping, and certainly I think that's relevant, but I think that what this reflects is actually broader than simply revenge shopping and revenge travel. I think that these are both actually symptoms of a much larger force. And if I think about what this force is, to me it feels like we're in a modern renaissance that has emerged post-COVID-19. We saw that the COVID era sped up many trends, and it certainly was a time that made people reconsider their lives, their world, their values, And I think it has certainly inspired extensive, innovative and and also very creative ideas and thought. And, you know, if I look at the trends that we're picking up, one of the key things that's very clear is that there's an overarching theme within this context that people want to fall in love with life again and have a life affair. So, you know, (laughs) there's been a stark realization, I think, of what you can think of as the fragility of life. Mm. And so I think that people are are actually seeking La Dolce Vita or the sweet life through balance, wellness, leisure, experiences, and of course, 
Faith Popcorn's ever-increasing cocooning trend of creating a home sanctuary. Mm. And, you know, just on this theme, I think it's also important to remember that when COVID-19 lockdown hard rules kicked in, we went into a forced economic state. We weren't in a natural economic state. Mm. So people weren't staying away from the stores because they didn't want to go to them. They were staying away because this was enforced by the state. And so we certainly saw that there was a pent-up demand in the market over this period that has spilled over into recent times. And this is not only true in terms of expenditure, but I think it's also true in terms of our social need. And, of course, shopping centers provide a very easy and important social space, especially now that people are more relaxed about health threats. So to sum up, in answer to your question, I think that this renaissance energy, this best life desire, the more at ease consumer, and the pent-up demand from both local and international consumers who are now able to travel are certainly some of the major drivers of the growth that we've seen in those 2022 index results. Zoning into the report in a little bit more detail, you cited a figure of uh, 39,000 rand a square meter. But I look at it and I see there's, uh, you know, like even stronger growth in the super regional centers, and they were particularly hard hit during COVID. Yes, that's true. So larger centers, and specifically the super regionals, have certainly come back with a bang. And if we look at our 2022 super regional index, this closed on an annual trading density of nearly 46,000 rands per square meter and 17.7% growth, which means that these centers actually beat annual CPI by 10.8%, which in these times is an exceptional achievement. Just while we're on this particular topic, we've actually seen a very interesting interplay between the larger and the smaller centers over the last few years which has had the market talking. Mm. So just to set some context, and I'm sure that you would like me to give you some of the more detailed 2022 levels, what we saw was that after a stable market trend of growth in trading density levels of between 1% to 2% from 2018, we then saw that the COVID hard rules kicked in and our all centers index fell into negative territory in the month of April 2020. Hmm. The market hit its worst point of negative 7.6% growth in February of 21 and then turned upwards, breaking through zero back into positive territory in July 21, with the growth surge that followed to bring us to the end of 2022. So we know, as you've said, that larger centers took the COVID hit and they actually fell to a low of negative 11.2% in February 21 whereas smaller centers were resilient and relatively undisrupted, performing at 1.6% positive growth at this very worst time in the market. Mm. And I remember, if I go back in time, at this point I was asked by the market and equity analysts, they were inquiring around whether to get out of the large center-based stocks. And obviously nobody knew what the future held, but what I encouraged was to rather understand the operational drivers behind the trend. Yes. So, you, you know, what, what was actually happening was that large centers were forced to trade at a very low percentage of their floor area by law, 
Whereas the smaller centers, by virtue of their naturally more essentially focused tenant mix, could trade at nearly full floor space capacity. And so my gut feeling at the time was that a big correction was likely once things eased up. And that, Serene, is actually exactly what we have seen happening in 2022. So the boom in shopping centers again somewhat last year from a trade and trading density perspective. During COVID, we saw a boom in online shopping and online shopping continues to grow, but it has not necessarily meant the death knell for shopping centers as doomsayers were predicting, especially during COVID. To quote from your report again, Belinda, regarding the double-digit increase in trading densities, you say these results highlight the extent to which consumer support physical retail space. What's your comments around this? So, Seren, it's an interesting point. And online shopping certainly hasn't been the death knell for shopping centers. And ironically, actually, what we often see unexpectedly is that competing forces can actually have a complementary impact on each other and coexist well. So this is why we see instances of businesses that started on an online-only basis now choosing to have physical stores Hmm. and reaping rewards for mixing the models. And a perfect example of this is Yuppie Chef. If we just look back, we saw this trend unfurling when hard lockdown rules started to relax and retail categories that were broader than just essential services opened up. And at this time, despite enhanced online shopping offerings and the increased tech savviness of consumers, what we saw was that when the additional stores opened up, so people went back to the shopping centers. And we saw an immediate sales and trading density uplift kick in. And consumers were not choosing one format, but were actually supporting both the online and physical formats in ways that suited them. Mm. So, you know, if you think about it, we increasingly these days exist between both physical and virtual worlds, which contain physical, online, omni-channel, and now also metaverse retail. (laughs) But I think that ultimately physical retail seems to ground this multidimensional mix and be at the heart of all of these because at the end of the day, people are real. And so we need real environments. We need real humans and real connections to feed our basic nature and effectively to nourish our souls. I think another point is that in these high technology times, people are suffering from screen fatigue and we need to exist in spaces outside of our computers. But I think that what is really important about what these results are showing is the ongoing critical role that shopping centers play in both the community and economic space in South Africa. Mm. They also show that agility in response to shifting consumer dynamics is critical and that tailored tenant mixes are helping drive the improvements in trading densities. Belinda, you note in the report that new leasing activity suggests a shift from survival to more a lifestyle-orientated tenant mix. I know you mentioned some of your thoughts earlier around trends and things like that, but post-COVID-19, there seems to be a lot of activity 
on the leasing front in SA malls, SA retailers in particular, increasing their space, believe it or not. Some are adjusting their space, but, you know, some of the big players, whether it's grocery, uh, like uh, ShopRite and Checkers, or TFG, the, the clothing players like Pepco and Mr. Price, etc., they are you know, either acquiring brands that they never had before and expanding from that perspective, or they're launching new brands, particularly with the likes of a ShopRite and Pick and Pay. What are your thoughts on this? Because it fits in, into what you've said around increasing leasing activity for malls. Yes, certainly, Seren. We have seen a shift from a survival mix to to more of a lifestyle mix. During the COVID era, Leasing activity seemed to actually shift into quite an an unusual mix of extremes. Really, it was a, a mix that was blending value, luxury, and trendy elements, which reflected the way that consumers were shopping. So effectively, consumers were buying their bulk basics from the more value-oriented retailers, and they were addressing these up, specifically clothing, with luxury accessories and, and trendy athleisure items. So what we see now is a shift to a more relaxed, broader lifestyle mix that's emerging. And this is reflected quite clearly by new lettings activity, because we obviously see the new lettings activity as it comes into our index over time. So if I go into a little bit more detail for you on this, what is very clear is that there's been a distinct uptick and renewed confidence in apparel, with the segment taking up about a third of new lettings in terms of gross lettable area or GLA. And we're seeing specific activity in unisex wear, athleisure wear, shoes, as well as men's wear. And there are actually some interesting microdynamics at play in terms of unisex wear and also women's wear. In unisex wear, we're seeing that sizing is showing a cautious approach with stores smaller than 500 square meters currently being dominant. And actually, these the stores are often smaller than 250 square meters. Whereas in the women's wear category, we're seeing a, an even more conservative approach, with most being below 250 square meters. The homeware, furniture, and interior, as well as the hardware categories, continue to be popular and are seeing growth, with about 20% of new lettings GLA going to this segment. And we're finding that there's a specific focus on trendy kitchenware, decor-inspired soft furnishings and lighting, and beds and DIY within this context. We're seeing that speciality stores are also a key theme, making up in the region of 15% of recent lettings GLA, showing diversity across butchery, greengrocers, oriental foods and spices, sweets and chocolates, tea and coffee specialists, pet stores, gifts, tobacconists, vape shops, as well as toys. What are your expectations for 2023? We have to ask this question in addition to that is around the impact of load shedding. Are malls benefiting from increased trade during load shedding or is it a mix between a financial hit and they kind of balance things out where, you know, people might say, okay, let's go to the restaurant since we don't have lights at home? Yeah. Well, firstly, as much as people may be heading to the malls during load shedding in order to escape powerless homes, there is certainly a big cost to the centres in maintaining operations under these circumstances. And we've recently seen a major fund report expenditure of in the region of 64,000 rand a day at peak consumption. Mm. So 
it may end up, in fact, being a zero-sum game, despite the, the increase in, in visits. But um, additionally, during load shedding, many people seek out the Wi-Fi facilities in malls, which may imply a longer dwell time, coupled with lower spend in coffee shops and restaurants is a perfect example, which actually double up as rent-free offices under these circumstances. <laughs> in general, though, um, the market discussions that I'm having with the landlords and the retailers and the signals that I'm picking up do seem to be favorable, but the economy and load shedding are both big concerns. Luckily, we have a climate that supports solar and we see funds investing heavily in placing solar panels on the roofs at, at their centers, as well as making other practical investments to counter this issue. Globally, the IMF reports that China's reopening is stimulating growth and inflation levels are expected to drop, but to still be above pre-pandemic levels. So there's some good news in that global picture. My gut feeling is that shopping center trading growth will continue, but probably not at the levels that we have seen in 2022. After the year's recovery surge, I think that a plateau and adjustment period is likely to develop, where the market again finds a more natural position. Okay. We, If we look at the index, we actually see the suggestion of this pattern just starting to emerge in the latter part of 2022, especially from September when exacerbated load shedding started. But luckily, we have the armor of the strong South African spirit. And South Africans make a plan. And the retail property funds, I can tell you, are no exception to this. They are very hands-on willing and passionate about keeping things going and fighting for South Africa's best future. And this is a sector that certainly fights hard. So in closing, I think that shopping centers will continue to be an important part of life for South African consumers, as well as an important source of life for the South African economy. Thank you for that. Just to add, Belinda, South Africans love shopping. Belinda, thank you so much for your time. We'll have to leave it there. That was Belinda Clur, MD of Research House Clur International, which produces the Clur Shopping Centre Index. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.